Hey, Don. You know there are a million ways to run a restaurant. Every chef has their own spin on things. But no matter who you are or how you cook, you need a good point of sale. And it boggles my mind how many places don't. Yeah, Derek, you know, that reminds me of the exact conversation we had with that struggling and overworked restaurants hospitality group executive. We recently talked to them about their issues and the same exact problems off the air. I know, Doc. I know. I can feel your passion about this subject, and I just don't get it. It's so simple with Cake, the point-of-sale system that lets bar and restaurant owners focus on the guest experience. They can stop worrying about tracking every sale. Cake does that for you. You can automatically save information and review it later from anywhere. That means you can actually take days off, which can be pretty rare in the restaurant business. I don't know about you, but with Cake, you can actually spend time with your family without worrying about adding up last night's sales. I mean, who wants to do that anymore? Really? I told them. Go to trade. TryCake.com forward slash small bites and take a look for themselves. Cake makes it easy. Sounds simple to me. It is. And get this to get started with cake when you go to TryCake.com forward slash small bites. Them and our listeners can get $750 off the activation fee. That's 75% discount. And with that discount, you get a user-friendly point-of-sale solution that includes cloud reporting and a world-class 24-7 support. That's amazing. Oh, Don, my saying is take a look at trycake.com forward slash small bites. That's my Jerry Seinfeld imitation. (laughs) And get your own slice of cake. Derek, I couldn't have said that better myself. Trycake.com forward slash small bites and get your own slice of cake. Oh, Kramer! Welcome to Small Bites Radio with Donato Marino and Derek Tim. We hope you're hungry. Spaghetti you can eat with a spoon. Welcome, welcome to a new show, Wildfire Radio, Small Bites with Derek Tim at BlueJean.com and Donata Marino with, where am I from again? Uh, <laughs> Try to at least get one of us. It's BlueJeanFood.com. I got close. And your DNL Coffee Services Incorporated. Oh, thank you for reminding me, Derek. I try. I mean, that's what I'm here for. And it, we're actually back in studio. We are. And we have Chef Christina back in studio because the audience loved her so much. She did such a great job last show. As well as Chef Chris, but she turned his microphone off for some reason. She wants to be the star. (sighs) Well, Well, welcome back from Yodeling in the Himalayas. Did you like that? Perfect. Lots of practice. We missed you and Donato last week, but we had a fabulous wine and... Donut Day. Well, you had a wonderful show, and thank you for taking it over for us. But there is someone else 
who partook in the show as well last week. And that would be John Howard Fusco. Uh, and he is from the Courier Post, nightlife correspondent. And he has a wonderful blog called EatingNSJ.com. And he's always full of lots of information. How's it going tonight, John? Evening, guys. How are we all doing tonight? Great. Good. Awesome. Well, someone who always stays very busy is, of course, uh, Chef Mike Salmanoff. Uh, according to Eater Philly, he and his partner are planning on three new restaurant openings, all of which have an Israeli offering, uh, a take on Israeli offerings. Uh, one is Kafar, which has been mentioned before. That's a bakery and cafe that's coming soon. Uh, there's a second location that's going to be more of a sandwich place, and then a third location, which is going to be like Sahav, but more focused on, on grill items. So that's three new restaurants coming up this year for uh, Chef Mike. Uh, again, he's man is always busy. Uh, I want to mention Sunset Social. This is a new restaurant, bar, and burger place that is opening tomorrow, May 6th, uh, on the Sierra uh, Green rooftop in University City. Uh, Izumi on East Pass Junk has closed after 10 years of operation, but a new place is already going to be taking that spot. Uh, look for the new location called River Twice. This is a BYO with a southern menu. Uh, they're scheduled for opening either late summer or early fall. This is according to Philly Mag. Uh, on the Jersey side of things, a spicy affair at Indian Kitchen uh, announced plans on its Facebook page that will be moving its location into downtown Swedesboro uh, at the old Bank of America building. Uh, evidently, very, very popular decision that they're doing this, so look for them uh, switching locations. And then Royal Jelly, which is a nightclub in Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City, uh, that location has been sold and will be turned into a 1920s-style speakeasy. Uh, looking to open that up by Memorial Day. This is according to Press Atlantic City. So if you're heading down to Atlantic City for a Monday weekend, look for a new uh, speakeasy-style uh, bar over at Ocean Casino and Resort. So these articles and more from the past week will be mentioned and um, posted later on my blog and shared on Twitter at Eating in Jersey, and as always, hashtag Small Bites Radio. That was wonderful job, job, John, and I just want to let you know how much we appreciate you, and for these last few seconds, I want to let you enjoy soaking it in being on the show, as we just won't say goodbye and cut you off and hang up the phone like Chef Christina did last week. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> Not a problem. Actually, that was Chef Christopher that did that. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, thank you very much, and uh, we will talk to you again on Sunday, June 19th. And to all the mothers uh, out there, have yourself a wonderful Mother's Day next Sunday. All right, guys. Have a good evening. You do the same. Talk to you later. Well, Don, how you doing tonight? Missed you, buddy. I'm doing good. I'm glad you had a good trip in the, uh, the Grand Canyon and the Himalayas. Was it? Notice he didn't say I missed you. It wasn't returned. It wasn't. It's, it's getting I, there. Oh. You have to work on that. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll try. I missed you. Oh, I felt that. Many kisses. Oh, see, look at that. Now we're stepping it up even more. But I'll tell you what else I miss and missed. Miss. Wonderful sausage. Ah. Oh. And man, oh, man, did we have the perfect person to come in studio tonight. We have Dominic Creamy. Did I pronounce that correctly? You've been in studio so many times, and I usually mess up everyone's name. No, you got it right. Third time's the charm, isn't it? Third time's the charm. It only takes a couple times. I'm a slow learner, Don. And he, Not too slow. <laughs> Just he, for the Italian words. Yeah, <laughs> all words. They're words. Uh, he's the owner of Capuccio's Meats in the heart of the Italian market. And why don't you tell everyone what you brought in, because that was delicious. Wonderful. Well, out of 
37 different flavors that we make in the shop. I chose uh, five. Oh, they were five. They were the right five because they <laughs> they were great. Hot, mild. I don't know. Hot with fennel, broccoli, robin, provolone, beer, and garlic, and garlic. All pork sausages. So I guess it's four I chose. Uh, we um, sautéed a little peppers and onions with it, little green and red peppers and some onions. And you did it just the right it up and just the right way. I mean, we, we've got Don in here. I mean, the, the Italian expert. I'm out for still watering. That <laughs> <laughs> they were great. I mean, they were very good. Even even, even Chef Christina was able to enjoy the peppers. I had some veggies. Yeah, yes. and, mm-hmm. and weren't they? They were cooked perfectly. Exactly. Yeah, and on that soft, nice. Philadelphia roll. Oh, great. Fresh Italian roll from 9th Street. Picked it up this morning. So what's uh, happening with you guys? You're a returning guest. We're always thrilled to welcome you in studio. Uh, you have fantastic products. Uh, dry aged steaks you guys sell. Artisanal sausages. Family owned since, since what, 1912? 1920. My grandparents came to the Italian market in the 1910 era. Grandfather started down the street. Uh, one of the other butcher shops took him in, gave him a place to live, a place to learn to craft. Then he met my grandmother out on the street because her uh, her family had a uh, street cart, fruits and vegetables. When they got together and they decided to get married, the owner of the butcher shop kicked them out, nicely and politely, but kicked them out <laughs> and said, "Okay, now you know enough. It's time for you to go into business for your own. You should start a family." Go up the street, buy the property for sale on the corner, which was a liquor store at one time, set it up, lived upstairs, worked in the shop, started a family, had three kids. Three kids turned into uh, a big family. And, and as they say, the rest is history. The rest is history. So uh, any events coming up? Uh, I mean, uh, this is the time of year that the uh, it's the Italian festival it's time of year. coming up soon. Well, two weeks. Oh, mark your calendar. In two weeks, the 18th and 19th of May. Getting ready for it this week. We are, uh, this week we make the sausage for the festival. It's about 500 pounds. Woo! And then the following week we cut it to size and we start growing. Wow. About 10 o'clock in the morning the grills will start. Saturday morning, the 18th, and they won't stop until about 5 o'clock on the 19th Sunday. That's amazing. Traditional sausage with the fennel? So we'll have hot and mild with fennel. The hot alone, I'll make about 100 pounds because that's the number one request at the festival. Then we'll do mild with fennel. We'll do broccoli, robin, provolone, our biggest seller. Spinach and provolone. And we'll do the Guinness and garlic. And they're your biggest sellers, the five. We're adding gravy this year <gasps> for the first time. Sunday After gravy. numerous requests, we finally- Finally given in. Gave in, and we're making Sunday gravy for the sausage. What made you, what was the decision that made you finally give in after all these years? Well, we used to, we started out with eight flavors. And over the time, we whittled it down to six. 
We make a Sicilian wine sausage with Italian red wine, fresh basil, and a little fennel. But at the festival, it's just not that popular. So we decided, okay, we'll cut that out. We have eight bays in the steam table. Two bays on each side are taken up by the peppers and onions. We'll replace the same wine sausage with gravy. People ask every year, do you have gravy? Do you have gravy? No. No, I want gravy. Okay. Now we have gravy. So Sunday gravy with your homemade Italian sausage. And for people who don't know, what is the festival? So it's the Italian Market Festival. It runs from Pats and Gino's to just north of Sarcones, Fitzwater Street, the park there. All different business owners take their show on the road, so to speak, outside their store and set up a uh, food stand of sorts. They don't have to. If they don't want to, they can stay in their own store. Uh, We have outside visiting vendors also. They'll have some food trucks. They'll have other other vendors. Uh, So for the whole Italian market, the street is shut down for both days. And it's one big party, one big block party. Yeah, don't forget the grease pole. Oh, the <laughs> grease pole. How could we ever forget about the grease pole? So a couple time, years ago. Forget it. Did you do it, Dano? What's that? Have you done the grease pole? No, they kind of told me I was a little bit heavy. Uh-oh. Oh, that's not nice. Oh, right. Well, how about this, Donato? You'd make a good base for this for the climbers. <laughs> okay. Big guys on the bottom, skinny guys on top. <laughs> So the, the grease pole was brought back about three years ago. Uh, we hemmed and hauled about it for years. And the insurance companies basically said no, and it's too expensive. Finally, we said, all right, how about we put some parameters in? You have to be 18 or older, you have to sign your life away, and you can't be drunk. So you have to take a breathalyzer. <laughs> so half the competition was gone there. It started very early in the morning. I will tell you, the first year or so, it was very difficult to get climbers. Um, now it's now it's better. The um, the grease pole was first brought in when my dad was president of the Italian Market Association in the seventies, and the whole market festival was geared uh, after San San Gennaro's in New York. Then after my dad stopped being president from tw- for about twenty five years, he was president. After he stopped being president. Things dropped off, and then eventually picked up. We got a professional, uh, f- a professional producer, so to speak, that put the festival together. She is now a uh, uh, private contractor that puts the festival together. Brought back the, the grease pole. We donate a lot of products, gift certificates from different businesses, prosciutto, salamis. Hams. Yeah, I mean, it, it's such a fun event, and, yeah. and, and the whole family can enjoy it, and you're going to have a, such a variety of flavors and sights and sounds and smells. You, you definitely want to go out. It's it's a, a highlight of the area and the Italian market for the year. And also for you guys, this time of year, you're really starting to pick up with, with warm weather, with Mother's Day around the corner, Memorial Day, 4th of July. And I, I know you're busy all year round, but once those grills start coming outside, no one can beat the product that you're selling to put on grills. And, and you've got a couple specials for May, correct? I do. I have some specials. I 
and one of the few places in the area that sells retail dry-aged beef. We dry-age our own beef in-house. We start at 28 days and go from there. I've had customers buy whole standing prime ribs from me, and we dry-age it for them. They come in, as they did last week, take a slice off, take two, three slices off where they can get together. We've gone upwards of over a year dry-aging. Wow. That's a little funky. (laughs) <laughs> okay, not for the faint of heart, as I said, but uh, a three to four month dry age is not unheard of. No, no. And we're good at that. We also sell hers potato chip beef, Angus from the farm. So the steers at the hers Angus farm eat the potato chip pretzels and peanuts that can't make it to market. Those lucky steers. I know. Lucky steers. And they have a much sweeter taste to them than just beef from the Midwest. Plus, it's local. It's Chester County beef. We know what it's fed. We know what it eats. No hormones. And it's good stuff. Now, at the festival, as I like to tell people, you'll smell us before you'll see us. That's normally what people tell me, too. (laughs) (laughs) A block away, the line starts. Wow. And people say, I smelled you. Just had to get in line. That's amazing. Now, is that your personal favorite day on the market, or is there another day that you like? Because I know uh, Easter is a big one, Thanksgiving. What's your personal favorite day to be in and around the market? I would say the festivals. They're the most fun. They're the most work. They're the most reward. Seeing the people come over and say, this is great stuff. Where can I get it? And I turn to my right and I point to the, to the door and I'm like, right here. Really? Yes, right here. Just walk in. You can get as much as you like to take home and cook it, cook it home because we sell a lot of fresh sauces that we get. Of course, we're in the food business. We live for the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter. But we live for the festival. It's our biggest marketing event of the year. And what's what's the address for people coming to the festival where they're just going to the uh, to the market? Our address is 1019 South 9th Street. We're on the corner of 9th and Kimball. And you can look us up at capucciosmeats.com or theitaliamarket.com or italianmarketfestival.com. And you, you also have a, a presence on social medias, which I really enjoy. You're putting your specials on Facebook and, and things like that for customers to stay up to date of what's hip and happening at your shop. I'm always trying to update daily, weekly, our weekly specials all the time. My wife's always yelling at me, get off the phone. <laughs> but I'm working, babe. It's my mark. I'm marketing. Put the phone down. Wait on customers. Do this. Do that. Tend to this. It's like, okay, leave me alone. I'm doing my marketing. <laughs> it's social media. Well, yeah, I know. Social media. It's important. Well, you can tell her that you got the approval from us because you're doing a wonderful job. <laughs> and uh, especially in this day and age, you, you've got to do it to stay yeah. you know, uh, of course you do. Yeah. competitive. You have to do it's, Facebook Live from the festival. Right. And I've done it. <laughs> Are you trying to get him in even more trouble, Chef Christine? <laughs> I'm trying to give him more work. <laughs> well, I've done I've done some Facebook Live for a little bit, and I've also in the uh, 
the hers beef delivery and breaking it down. I've done some Facebook live. Oh, it's not easy doing it by yourself. <laughs> I've done a little bit of just, it. Just just watch the fingers while you're while you're butchering. <laughs> but uh, Dominic, thank you so much for coming in. You're going to stay around in studio, but. Uh, while you're here uh, talking about festivals and, and things of that nature and fun things to look forward to in the warm months, we've got someone else joining us, and that is Len Boris, the director of beverages for the Fearless Restaurant Group. And he's going to discuss uh, some of their summer cocktail menu and what's hip and happening around all of their restaurants this year. How's it going, Len? Doing great. How you doing? Oh, we're doing fantastic. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about this uh, summer cocktail menu? You also have a little bit of news of the White Dog Cafe is going to be opening its fourth location in the fall of 2019 at the shops at Brinton Lake, located in the heart of Concord Township in Delaware County. So, you've got a lot going on now. We always have a lot going on. Um, it's definitely a busy time of year. We have the holidays coming up. We have our spring menus are out. Our summer menus are coming out. So definitely a huge, huge time of year for us. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the summer cocktail menu? Are, are, are you are devising it? It's seasonal, it sounds like. What's the, the best part of devising the cocktail menu, and what's the, per, the worst part? I would say the best part's trying it. The worst part's possibly the hangover the next day. But that would just be <laughs> my thoughts. <laughs> Well, at White Dog Cafe, uh, with that beverage program, the cocktails always have a fruit or vegetable component to it. Every cocktail will have some sort of aspect um, that is fresh. In, in some of the cocktails this season, we're using strawberries or cucumbers. Uh, we have a spicy gin drink with cucumber, cilantro, and jalapeno. Um, we have a we like to use rhubarb in the springtime as well. So we have a mule with uh, with bourbon and uh, rhubarb. Um, some of the other cocktails we'll do, we'll have a like a tiki-style drink with a bourbon base, some pineapple, uh, honey, and uh, Angostura bitters to give that spiciness to come to contrast with the sweetness from the fruit. So a lot in, in that menu, we'll use fresh ingredients as best we can. And how much overlap do you have between restaurants? Because... I know each and every one of your restaurants are so distinct and different in a wonderful way because if you uh, go to one restaurant, let's say Mo, uh, Moshulu, and then you go to White Dog Cafe, they're, they're wonderful. And they're, uh, as, as I would say from Arrested Development, same but different. <laughs> so is there a lot of over, overlap in the cocktail menu? And that has to be difficult in order to uh, make it a little bit creative for each and every one so what it allows you to do is to is to use different combinations that might not work on the same menu so the white dog menus are pretty similar the cocktail menus are the same for all the restaurants and, and glen mills will be the same uh in addition to that with the other restaurants with autograph and louis louis and Mishulu, we i can mix and match based on what i want to do i'm not going to do a cucumber and grapefruit cocktail on the same menu that i do a cucumber and melon cocktail. It allows me to use one of those combinations at one of the restaurants, and at a different restaurant, I can do a different combination that, that wouldn't necessarily play well together on the same menu. Um, with the other restaurants, non-White Dog Cafe, there's a lot more cocktails that can be liquor-forward and not necessarily have a, have a fruit component. So those, it's a little bit of a different style there. Um, 
Mishulu with the deck tends to go a little bit more uh, fun cocktails for the summertime. We have uh, a, some popsicle cocktails. We have a uh, slushy machine that we're going to be using this year. So that's a that's a completely different program there on the deck uh, that kind of brings out a different side of the, the creation process. Um, all of them are really fun to, to create and fun to work with. Uh, the hardest part is probably naming the cocktail. really easy to come up with the ideas and kind of keep using that aspect, but coming up with new names each season And something you don't get in trouble for. Because I'm sure you could have a lot of fun <laughs> fun names, but then you go, hmm, our lawyers will probably not agree with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's been a couple that have towed the line, but uh, for the most part, I try and keep them just... Uh, just a little, a few puns or something like that to keep it interesting. Exactly. Now, how many restaurants do you see uh, overall? So right now within the company, there are six restaurants in the Philadelphia area. We have three White Dog Cafes, uh, Louis Louie in University City, Mishulu down on the riverfront, and Autograph in Wayne. The company also has three restaurants in Long Beach Island, uh, Tucker's, Plantation, and Daddio. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, the White Dog Cafe is going to open a fourth location in Glen Mills. Um, and then there's a uh, another location opening up in Wayne uh, later this summer. Wow. And for the, the people serving the cocktails, you have the fancy name now, I don't know if they were always called this, but mixologists. I, I always hear, uh, oh, I'm a, I'm a mixologist. Oh, fantastic. Mm. Uh, and there tr- it truly is an art form to create these beverages because it's just like being a chef, as you know, Chef Christina. You you want sweet and sour, or you want them to combine perfectly. You want the palate to be uh, excited but not overwhelmed by one flavor or another. Would you agree? Right, it's a balance. A balance. The most important, the most important thing in any of the in any cocktail you create, and that really goes for the whole the whole culinary field, is balance. If you're making a gin and tonic at home or if you're doing a, an eight-step cocktail, like something we have at the restaurant, if you if they're off on the amount of lemon juice they're putting in or they put in too much Amaro or, or too many bitters or not enough mint, it, it, everything throws off what the cocktail's intention was. And the same could go with the chef. If he's putting too much salt or not enough salt, the, the whole dish is ruined. Now, do you find that... Difficult to find quality mixologists because I know as far as uh, chefs are concerned, the, the number one complaint that we always have with restaurants and restaurateurs is it's nearly impossible to find quality help, whether it's a sous chef, chef, line, line cook. Do you find that to be the same problem uh, with the cocktail menu, finding good quality mixologists? We're always looking for quality people. Right now, I feel uh, I feel that we are blessed with the with the talent that we have uh, in our staff. Um, some of the staff members that we that we have here have been with us for years and and have been in the same position and have grown a, a great following. Um, it's always a challenge finding new people. Um, we have had bartenders that have been promoted into management, and when we're trying to replace them, it's not easy. Uh, we do have a high bar, but what I look for most is uh, personality. I can teach somebody the, the aspects of bartending and, and mixology that, that they need to learn, but I can't teach a personality. So when we're looking, that's what is number one on my checklist. And if you don't have it, it we're not even going to get down to number two or three. Exactly, because they're, they're the, the 
face to face, pretty much uh, of the company. Really keep it interesting. Yeah, they got, we got to keep it interesting, and also people are going to relate the relationship that they had with the mixologist or the bartender, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, as the face of the company, if you have a bad interaction with a person who is your staff, whether it's the person serving the drink or the person serving the meal, they're going to take it as the company itself. So as you said, that's a, a hard line to balance, and you guys are doing a wonderful job. As you said, you have many, many people on the staff who've been with you for multiple years. So kudos to you guys for being able to retain a, qu a quality staff. And it sounds as though the cocktail menu is going to be wonderful this summer. Uh, I know the slushy uh, machine caught my uh, interest. There's nothing better than having a, <laughs> a slushy beverage on a, on a hot summer day. You're like a big kid. I, I truly am. I'm, I'm very easy to please. Just say <laughs> slushy. I'll be there. But uh, Len Bars, the director of beverages for Fearless Restaurants, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure having you on. Please feel free to share a website or social media or anything like that before you go. Thank you very much. It was, it was fun to be here and fun to have this experience with you. No Appreciate it very much. Uh, no problem at all. Have yourself a great night and a wonderful summer. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. So going from slushy drinks is how can you not enjoy a slushy drink? I love drink? slushy drinks. Exactly. See, I could use a slushy right now. <laughs> I'm sweating in here. But we started the show off with t amazing Italian sausage from my favorite artisanal butcher, uh, Cappuccio's Meats, for Dominic right here. And uh, we're going to segue back over to what do you call the uh, your, your homeland, Don? The boot? The boot. The boot. We're going to go back to the boot. And we're going to talk to uh, Elizabeth um, and Chili of the Italian Table, creating festive meals for family and friends, and is a wonderful new book that she's published. And online with us is Elizabeth to tell us all about the boot and the book. How's it going tonight, Elizabeth? <laughs> Good. How are you? Oh, we're great. So, uh, tell us about this uh, new book. You are a uh, an expert in Italy. You do tours over there, and I do tours. I've been, yeah, I've been living there for about uh, most of my life, on and off. Oh, does that make you jealous, Don? It does. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm, I go back. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, that's quite okay. I go back every few years as many times as I can to visit family and friends. And we're from a small town in Bicchi Foggia, in the Puglia region of Italy. Yeah, I know it very well. My husband's near from near there. Yeah, it's a beautiful area. A lot of agriculture, best Gorgeous. olive oil in the country. Yeah. Oh, listen to this. The best. I got to brag. I got to brag. <laughs> <laughs> so, Elizabeth, would you agree that they have the best olive oil in the country? I'm going to be a little bit dip more diplomatic <laughs> and say there are good olive oils from all over the country that I know and love. <laughs> See, that's the correct answer. But I will tell you what's the best <laughs> book to buy about Italy right now, and that's The Italian Table. So why don't you tell us a little bit about The Italian Table? So The Italian Table is my ninth book, and it really is a labor of love. It sort of brings my passion not only for food, but also for setting and culture. And The Italian Table, the way it's divided, is into 12 menus. And each of the menus documents a real meal that I actually sat down and had in Italy. And so I provide my readers with the menu, with the recipes, 
and with instructions how to actually pull it together to invite people over and have this menu at your home as sort of a, as a party. And um, to help you sort of get in the spirit, there's gorgeous photographs. I photograph the whole book, and the photographs are inspirational. They also document it so you can see how the, the dishes look. But I really encourage people to also be inventive and, and sort of just capture the spirit of the Italian table, which is a lot about, you know, the people that are surrounding the table as much as the food itself. And I love the the description of the book. It fits it perfectly of how the Italian table delivers both parts of the fantasy and reality of Italian meals as they would be eaten on location. And you're giving those step-by-step guides on how to recreate these fabulous meals because as Don can attest to and uh, I've been to Italy many times in Europe it truly is a different culture in Italy the the meal is more of an experience and I'm sure uh, Dominic of Cappuccio Meats in Philadelphia can attest to that we left you out Don what part of Italy are you from uh, my grandparents are from Sicily oh. in fact I was talking to somebody the other day oh, and lovely. we were just saying that um, my grandfather my grandfather is from Gesso, which is uh, in Messina, and uh, one of yeah. one of my grandfather's neighbors is very good friends of ours who lives here not far from where we're at right now in Jersey. And he made sure he every time he comes in, he talks to my mom, my dad, and tells him uh, how far away he lived from my grandfather. Across the street. There you go. And that's the thing. It's, it's it's like a culture, and you've recreated this in the book, and you're letting people know that you're really missing out if you want to have an Italian meal and not really embrace the culture of taking your time and having an experience. So I, I want to thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, for me, and I'm sure that your other guests are who, you know, have an Italian heritage, too, it's all about the people who you know, not only are surrounding the table, but who are making the food and the culture that surrounds it. And, um, and that's what you get when you experience, you know, when you're in Italy eating it. And, um, and I just hope to capture that in the Italian table. And I also love the app that you have, and it's perfectly named for me. It's called Eat Italy. Because how can you go wrong with an app that's just called Eat Anything, and especially Italy, with as, as much amazing food as they have? How did you come about the concept for that? Well, you know, people kept asking me for my restaurant list, you know, for the last uh, 20, 30 years. And, and finally, when apps came along, it seemed the perfect opportunity to put my own personal list into app form. So it's not exhaustive by any means. It's just my favorite restaurants where I have eaten and continue to eat. And I think, you know, in these days where people have so much choice, what they really want is something a little more curated. So this is just my favorite restaurant in <laughs> app form. <laughs> now, what would you say is the thing that you love the most about living in Italy? Obviously, there had to be a time in your life where you were making a decision that you said, uh, should I stay here or should I make Italy my my permanent home? What was the mm-hmm. inspiration that finally said, you know what, Italy is where I need to be? Well, you know, I always uh, was interested in telling stories. So I'm a writer, I'm a, commu- a communicator, and um, I really realized that the stories that I wanted to be telling was, were the stories from Italy. Um, you know, I'd grown up in the States, but I spent a lot of time in Italy, and I realized that people were really, literally hungry for these stories. 
And so I can I could combine my passion for Italian Italy and Italian food and make a career out of it, which I think I find myself incredibly lucky these days to be able to write books and, and apps and have a food tour company where I could lead people around Italy, you know, eating what I love. So um, I think the fact that it worked out so well, that was the... That was what convinced me. And telling the stories, uh, I want to let anyone know in case uh, they're not aware, but you have an extremely popular blog that people can follow you more closely. Obviously, we want everyone to go out and and purchase the book because it's wonderful. (laughs) But uh, for more regular updates, they should go and sign up for your blog, correct? My my blog and also my newsletter. And then these things, I have to say, I communicate a lot through Instagram. I find Instagram a really immediate way to, to communicate directly with people. And my Instagram account is E Minchilli. And I'm an avid uh, uh, user of stories. So I'm constantly filming people and uh, photographing them and the food. And, and so through all these means, you know, it's all a means to tell the story. And all the links are on my blog, ElizabethMinchilli.com. And, um, yeah, the story continues. Well, you've certainly made us all jealous in here, and I see Don on his cell phone looking at airfare prices to uh, visit Italy. <laughs> Book it now. <laughs> He's going to get us olive oil. Come visit. Come vi- you can come. I'll, I'll make I'll make dinner for you. And she even said that, Sounds that very good. you're free to join her on one of her tours right. as well, if you'd like. She won't kick you out. Uh, she hasn't met me yet. <laughs> that is true. She, has, she, she hasn't met you yet. But it is such a wonderful time talking to you tonight. We want everyone to go out to purchase The Italian Table, creating festive meals for family and friends. And feel free to share any social medias or websites before you go. Uh, follow me on Instagram at E Minchilli. That's E M I N C H I L L I. And my blog. ElizabethMinchelli.com. It was such a pleasure, Elizabeth. And even though you made us all jealous about being in Italy, the only thing I can say is we had Dominic bring his wonderful Italian sausages in studio. So I don't know what you're having well, for dinner. I don't know what you're having to eat right now, but we, we've just ran out of time, so we can't have you uh, one up us. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you so much. Have a great night. <laughs> okay. Thanks for having me. Bye bye. No, no problem. So, one person already made us jealous of all the different places that she's going all around. Well, you ain't kidding. Yeah. So, I figured I'd bring one more person online to bring us je- to make us jealous of what they're doing. And who's that? That would be Cassie Hepler of the uh, fabulously uh, popular blog as well, which is called Explore with Cassie. And she used to explore a lot in the Philadelphia area, but got sick of us. And now she explores a lot in the West Coast. She got sick of us. Yeah, well, m- more probably me than anyone else. Oh, that explains it. Yeah, well, it happens. And I had to go all the way to the West Coast to, to escape. But she's on to talk about to start a feud of West Coast versus, see, I'll even throw the gang sign of my three fingers to East Side. Like that, Chef Christina? East Side. Yeah, we're East Side over here of West versus East. And what's going on in the West Coast? Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing great. How are you doing over in the West Coast there, Cassie? 
I'm doing great. It's 93 degrees. It's sunny. It's beautiful. You know, oh. flip-flop weather. That's most of the time. Oh, it's only about 51 degrees here. Uh, rainy it's and wet. chilly and cold. But no, it's beautiful. What are I'm, you still, doing? I'm still wearing <laughs> flip-flops. So yeah, shorts. How do you like that? <laughs> so tell us a little well, bit about what... my feet don't get wet. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about uh, the West Coast and the fun that you've been having over there. Well, there's tons of fun going on here. So I've been bebopping around between uh, California and Phoenix is where I home base is in Phoenix now. And the coolest thing I'd say that I've done so far is I went to the theater box opening, and it's also the Sugar Factory in Gaslamp, San Diego. And Nick Cannon was there spinning, and Pitbull was there kind of introducing, and I met him, and that was super cool. Um, don't mind the name drop. Here, don't mean, mind the ma- don't mind name I'm dropping. Just saying, oh. hey, you know, <laughs> things are getting a little better out here. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. When did I meet Pitbull on the East Coast? Uh, oh, I've seen seen plenty of Pitbulls, so, especially in North and West Philadelphia. Yeah. But <laughs> he plays at the casino all the time in AC. Yeah. Did, you, did you get a selfie with him? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's what's up. Um, but yeah, no, California's awesome. Um, everybody knows that, but it's interesting because there's actually a migration of people moving here from California because the housing is so much better pricing here. I mean, it's, you know, amazing. I even bought a condo cause I was like, all right, I'm in here. <laughs> Get it before the, the, the balloon yeah. pops. How about the price of no food out there? Pop, my friend. Cassie, how about, how about the price of food out there? I had a friend who just went out to San Diego and said the restaurants are so expensive out there. Oh, yeah. No, San Diego's crazy. And that's why everybody's moving here. I mean, you can get here, like, an expensive meal is, like, $20. And when and you say here, you're, you're talking and about Arizona, correct? I'm talking about Phoenix, yeah. Phoenix. So Phoenix. Our, like, our Taco Bell is called Fabrutos, and you can drive through there any time at night, you know, after the bar or whatever. It um, is Cinco de Mayo. A bunch of other... yeah. yeah, exactly, dude. I love the... The fried roll tacos are just, like, covered in guac, and, oh, it's so good for, like, junky food. It's amazing. Um, I've been teaching everybody John. That's good, right? <laughs> spreading <laughs> spreading the – oh, Dominic like that one. Philly John. <laughs> That's right. Dude, like, no – I was like, okay, guys, you got to use it in a sense so I understand what's up. Exactly. Know? But so far, so good. So tell yeah. us the highlights um, of, joined... of moving west. Tell us, the, try to convince me of why I should move west and be like the, the uh, frontier I... pioneers and uh, hitch up my wagon. Well, you don't really need heating. That's number one. The only thing you really need is air conditioning in the summer. Um, that's kind of nice. You don't have to get snowed in. You don't ever have to worry about ice. Um, it's kind of nice. And you can buy a nice place out here for like 250 you know. What about, what, about ex- east, it's what, you what about recreational things? Oh, there's – so if you go up north, it's kind of like Pennsylvania. Like Flagstaff is very wooded and there's a lot of lakes and it's, you know, it snows up there actually. People are really amazed to find that out. Sedona. We actually got snow this year in Scottsdale, which is closest to me. I'm like 10 minutes from there. And everybody was like, whoa, what is this stuff? You know, it's kind of funny. And um, still cowboys it, around? It's just beautiful. Still cowboys around? There are cowboys. Yeah, if you, go, if you go out in the desert, there's definitely a lot of cowboys. There's a lot of horse riding. There's a lot of, you know. Prickly pears? Boots and all sorts of stuff. Prickly pear. Yeah, prickly pear everything here. Seriously, margaritas, iced tea. 
that is definitely that's and of course tacos i mean you can get tacos anywhere you can get them on a food truck or wherever you go there's tacos within like a one mile radius uh, I don't, life, you know i don't know and i guns. do like oh guns because i was going to say between tacos and scrapple Scrapple was still There's probably no, no Scrapple, dude. Oh, that's why everybody's to... like. That's why I have to stay on the east like, coast. Have you eaten that? I'm like, of course I've eaten Scrapple, but I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Oh, um, I but love Scrapple. There's also guns everywhere <sighs> here, so you can just as long as somebody has like a license to shoot. There's all these ranges, and you can just go and shoot. I do love the blow. Love I do love the blow up. That's great. Yeah, it is fun to blow yeah. up. So I. <laughs> I actually shot a nine millimeter and a twenty two caliber with silencers, which was nice. But that was fun. I haven't done that, you know, since the one time I was working with Metro on the East Coast, like that was <laughs> the second time I ever shot guns. So that was kinda cool. I was like, Oh, this is cool. I like this. So uh, so really what what have what here. have you had the experience of uh explore with Cassie? Do you find doing the blog and the fashion and all of the stuff that encompasses Explorer with Cassie, do you find it more fun out there? Because it sounds like you're having a lot of fun to me. I'm having a ton of fun exploring. So I actually signed with an agency here called The Young Agency, and they do acting and modeling. Um, so that's awesome, and that'll definitely open up doors in other realms than just exploring. But I'm actually going to Tahoe next uh, week, I think, or the week after, and that's down at the base of where Lake uh, South Lake Tahoe is, so that's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about that. Like hot springs and all sorts of food and beer, and you know, you know how it goes. Exactly. But a lot of press trips, so I'm trying to add on. You know, I definitely explore the shit out of the East Coast. Everything in between. No, that was part of the point. Like expand the brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was I was just saying of the uh, of the word poop that we had to uh, <laughs> had, had to remove. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is that a PG? Isn't that like everybody says that? I don't know. Staring out here, like AF. I won't say the word, but you know what AF stands for. Everybody pretty much ends. Aracombi and Finch. I know that. I've been to that store before. (laughs) Yeah, and Hella. Hella is like you know an adjective here. Exactly. Now, now you may also be dabbling into e-commerce or expanding what you're looking to go into as well, correct? I am, actually. So CBD is huge out here. Um, People are trying to be more natural, holistic. People are healthier, I guess, just because it's sunny and nice and people wear less clothing. All right. The West Coast was sounding fun. Now now you got me off. Healthy and healthy. Forget, <laughs> forget that mess. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been I've been exploring a lot of CBD brands. Uh, there's definitely a food runner right now that I'm thinking of working with. And, you know, I'm all about that holistic lifestyle for the most part, you know. Um, so here, if you want to get a marijuana card, it's pretty much like, oh, my toe hurts. And then you go get a marijuana card. So it's different. You know, and then you just go to Cali and everything's legal there. Anyway. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> then it doesn't matter if your toe you know? hurts or not. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, your toe hurts? Who cares? Yeah. You go to Have California this. and go nuts. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's intense. So there's a lot of, I'd say there's a lot of potheads here. <laughs> you know, there's potheads back east, but they're kind of like underground here. It's just like whatever. Yeah. It's kind of the Wild West when it comes to that. Now, what? But you can't have. Nope, go ahead. You can't have a marijuana card and a gun license. So that's kind of the catch-22 right now. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
I guess they figure people are going to get high and crazy. I don't know. I've never seen that happen. But. I see crazy. <laughs> yeah, I see plenty. You just eat a lot of food and you pass out, right? Like. So what's been the number one thing you've had to eat out there? The number one. You can only choose one. So, that that if it, it's well, death row and you can only order from the West Coast, what is it? Lately, I've been really into Mexican sushi. So it's kind of like a spinoff. Um, it's big in Tijuana right now in California, and then there's chefs are kind of bringing it here, but it's just the most ridiculously big sushi rolls. And of course there's like cheese and you can get them fried or baked and, oh, they're so good. They just melt in your mouth. They're gooey. And mm, yeah, so that, that's been my favorite thing lately, but I've eaten, of course I've eaten everything out here, you know, <laughs> and people are like scared to eat fish here. And I'm like, you know, there's these things called helicopters that like fly things in every day. We have technology. <laughs> planes too. Like I've heard, I've, I've heard the planes are, are a wonderful invention as well, but just not those yeah, 757 right. maxes or whatever. Their Boeing's got grounded for a little yeah. while, <laughs> but exactly. But exactly. I want to let there's you also a lot of wine. Yeah. I want to let you know, people aren't aware of. I want to let you know it was so wonderful talking to you again. We've missed you on the East Coast. And I missed you guys, too. And, hey, I'll be back to Jersey probably. Well, make sure you give us all a shout next time you are around. And it was you wonderful. It. Why don't you share your website or social media or anything like that before you go? Sure thing. Uh, you can go to explorewithcassie.com. All the links are on there. Or if you want to follow me and my fashion and all the other nonsense I do, CassieHeffler.com, and that has all the links, too. Perfect. Well, it was great talking to you, Cassie. Take care and uh, try to represent the East Coast a little bit more for, for us out there on the West Coast. Have a great night. I'll tell everybody about John. I'll keep, to, I'll keep John in it up. There you go. <laughs> Have a great night. Bye-bye. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Now, talking about healthy and holistic and getting us motivated and things like that, we'll, we'll stay on that topic a little bit longer. And uh, we've got the perfect person to talk about all of these wonderful subjects, and that would be Venus DiMauro, who is an author, motivational speaker, and a health coach. How about that, Chef Christina? I'm excited. Ooh, so am I. So, Venus, pleasure to meet you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my last name is DeMarco. Oh, oh he messes everybody yeah. up. Don't worry about it. I messed it up again. <laughs> I thought I was bad in the introduction. Yeah. And that darn C's missing in my profile. I'll blame whoever typed in the uh, bio. They're fired. Oh, that's okay. Hey, I've been called many things in my lifetime. So, Venus, tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, first of all, I am in an author. I am an author. I did heal or overcome breast cancer naturally. Um, and so I'm out there a lot trying to teach people how to prevent disease. And the reason why is because once you do get sick, that's a whole other ballgame. But how about if we can prevent it? So I like to have a lot of fun with food and speaking to people. Uh, I wrote a, a book about my story and then a cookbook, and now I'm working on a dog food cookbook. So what's your original book called? Fearless. Fearless. And where did your interest in food come from? Well, I mean, I'm Italian. 
Don't you come out of the oh, movie? Oh, very Italian theme. Lady after my own heart. There's a theme going on tonight. On Cinco de Mayo of all nights. <laughs> we went Italian on May 5th. Yeah, I know. It's like you just come out of the womb loving food. My parents have a picture of me in a high chair eating a scallion. So that was never a problem. So I used to always make up recipes when I was a kid. I always love to cook for my friends. Um, well, and at my age, you know, it was cool to actually be able to cook. We used to have dinner parties. So, but um, then, so, I mean, I, I was a vegetarian when I was young and then a vegan for the love of animals. That's what helped, started me on that path of learning how to cook vegetarian and vegan food. So you started when I it wasn't back. You started when it was re- wasn't very popular yet. Exactly. So why I mean, why when vegan? We didn't even really know how to do it. Why did you go vegan? Vegan, which is a plant based diet, and how long have you been doing that? Well, I did that. So I was vegetarian in my twenties, which I, I when I look back, I wasn't really vegetarian. I was trying. Then in my thirties, I I dabbled in veganism, but I didn't really know how to do it right. And then I ended up starting to eat fish and chicken again. But when I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2009, I went back to a vegan diet. So that was 10 years ago. And I have stayed vegan or plant-based for 10 years. First, it was for my health. And now it's not only for health, but for compassion for animals. And that's what your new book is about with the dog? Dog recipes? I'm sorry. You said you have a new. <laughs> you said dog oh, recipes? No. She has dog recipes. Yeah, dog recipes. Do- really? I'm like, wait a minute, dog. I'm like, wait, wait. I thought you meant like how to cook them. Fearless. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, how to prepare? Oh, what's better, Labrador, <laughs> no, <dog> Labrador, <laughs> or uh, or uh, poodles? <laughs> or P- I'm sorry. Or Peking. Uh, Peking Chihuahua. <laughs> Peking Poodle. <laughs> no, we're talking vegan. What? What's your latest book, Venus? Yes. So, I have Fearless, and then I have my uh, my health healing kitchen. I'm working on a book called Stella's Canine Cuisine. Of course, it is not a vegan book. Dogs are not vegan. Them darn vegan dogs. You cannot. Damn dogs. <laughs> so when? Is, so when is my the dog, dog book coming out? Um, hopefully if I get my butt in gear and finish it by the end of this month. Okay. So I've got the cover done. It's all outlined, but you know, it takes a little while to get everything together. All right, Venus, what is your goal as a healthy chef? You know what? I really just want people to get their butts back in the kitchen and make healthy food, not just for themselves, but their, for their families, because it is so important that we get back in the kitchen and make food. So I try to make it very simple. I have a business called A Healthy Life Made Simple because people need to go back to the things that we did by instinct. We, we cooked food because we needed to eat. Now people dial up and order food. You know, we, um, cancer is, is becoming a pandemic. And it's very important that we start to nourish our bodies again. Eating food, fellowshipping with other people around the table. But 
I want to make it simple for people and fun. So, you know, me and you have cooked together, and it was a lot of fun. Or we did a rock class that day. Yeah, that was fun. In New Jersey. Did you say a rock class? And it, oh, and it wow. needs to be fun. Man, and something's wrong with my headphones. Rock. <laughs> it's got cooking the rocks. Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> dogs cooking Let's rocks. See. What's wrong with you? Have you, guys, you guys are having too much fun. I mean, we yeah. have, you have me cooking, dog. Yeah. Yes. And, and we didn't even have any wine this week. That was last week. Right. Last week we had a smooth sailing and yeah. we had wine. But uh, Venus DeMarco, it was oh. such a pleasure talking to you. And uh, I know that my dog is certainly going to be wagging her tail, wanting me to purchase your uh, new book to cook uh, up some delicious treats for her and uh, we want anyone out there to make sure to check you out because you are an author motivational speaker and a health coach why don't you share your website or social media or anything like that before you go all right i'd love to thanks for having me so it's venus demarco v-e-n-u-s-d-e-m-a-r-c-o.org that's my website and it's just venus demarco and at Facebook, Instagram, it's all just my name, but everything is on my website. So it just makes it easy. Go to venusdemarco.org. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a great night. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Have you ever thought about that, Dominic? Maybe like having a line of like dog dog treats? I mean, and I'm being serious because I know as a butcher, you have a lot of scraps. I will tell you this much. We have a big dog business, believe it or not. We sell a ton of marrow bones for dogs. Okay. Sometimes when I'm breaking down the beef from the hers beef, I sa- I save the big Dino bones, the big the whole thing with the big knuckles on like it's on the Flintstones. I save them. I sell them all the time. And our scraps go into buckets. We sell them to people that buy them for their animals. Hey, you can buy a 40-pound bucket of scraps. It's pure scraps, though. It could be beef, veal, pork, lamb, goat, whatever it is. But still, I mean, that you, you can't. Ten get, bucks. I mean, it's fresh. It's not that yeah. processed crap that you're getting from some of the major retailers that they're selling sixty pound bags of dog food for two dollars. But uh, it's all local beef. Yeah, it's all local. Yeah. Local, yeah, yeah. local product. But talking about uh, someone else who knows about wonderful things, that would be Chef Barbie Marshall. Pennsylvania's most influential chef, even though she lives in Florida. Florida, That's how influential she is. She influences other states. How's it going tonight, Barbie? It's going great. Oh, don't sound too excited. We uh, we've been waiting for two weeks for this call. I know, but I mean, I I was ready last week. I don't know what happened. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Taylor's in there disputing the facts. Barbie, we missed you last week. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. I missed you guys, too. So, yeah, I have been in Florida, and it's it's been interesting. A lot of, a lot of different kinds of food and lots of new places to find. So I'm putting the list together and still missing, um, missing Philly a lot. Scrapple, cheesesteaks, soft pretzels. Have you found any creative ways, any creative ways to cook crocodile? Guess what they do have? Wawa. Oh, very nice. Well, that's a little slice of home. And then they have this like gas station chain that I swear looks like Turkey Hill, but it's called Tom Thumb. 
Tom's Thumb. Yes, that is right. Yep, yep. And you do have in Florida. I mean, if worst comes to worst, you always got Waffle House. I mean. If, oh, no. <laughs> I went to Waffle House. I went it's to exciting, House at least. And, and I've been to Waffle House. I think the first Waffle House I went to was in Virginia. But I went to Waffle House, and it was just the, the worst. It was the worst. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It was the worst thing I ever ate. Well, I we're not talking about like, the food. We're talking about the entertainment. There's there's good people watching there sometimes. <laughs> but, oh, there was definitely people watching. Exactly. Was, yeah, that's watching. it. Sometimes it's all not. It's not always about the food. But uh, do you have but, anything else you, you wish know, to share I, before before you go? I did uh, have one insanely weird service experience where I ordered a coffee, and the server came back and she brought me a bu- a mug and creamer. And water, huh? and she said, "Can I get you anything else?" And I was like, "Sure, some coffee in that mug." <laughs> she gave you a K cup and told you to go over to the Keurig, do it yourself. <laughs> it was a so, self serve. Um, so, uh, in 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 lines of service, you know, just remember when when you get a server, sometimes you're gonna. Sometimes it's a it's a little different, but. In terms of service, sometimes our cell service gets lost, and uh, we can magically lose phones sometimes. But is there a tunnel involved here? There, you never know when when Chef Barbie drives into a sh- tunnel. It, it just happens sometimes. But that was a fun show, wasn't it, Dominic? Thank that you was so great. Why don't you share uh, promote yourself for ten seconds while we go around the room? Sure, CapuchosMeats.com, Facebook, Instagram. If you'd like to order online, we do a lot of shipping. And we'll be shipping out to Florida and Rhode Island tomorrow. <gasps> Chef Barbie, shipping out to Florida. Capuchosmeats.com. Uh, tell us if you don't see it online, give us a call, 215-922-5792. We'll be happy to discuss it with you. We can ship anything that we sell in the shop to you anywhere in the continental United States. Perfect. And I'm Chef Chris. I didn't want to talk all show, but thank you. Chef Christina Martin, uh, Chef Christina on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find me at Cooking to Nourish. Donato Marino at DNL Coffee Service. You can find me on Facebook. There you go. And uh, that's it. There you go. I'm Derek Tim of BlueJeanFood.com. This is Small Bites. We're live on Sunday, 6.35 p.m., WildfireRadio.com. The following day on all your Apple products on iTunes, and we're syndicated at bunch of different places. Uh, it was fun tonight. We had John Howard uh, Fusco, Len Bars, the director of beverages for Fearless Restaurants, Elizabeth Mincelli, the Italian table, Cassie Hep- Hepler of Exploring with Cassie, and Venus DiMarco, uh, who is an author, motivational speaker, and health coach. And we end the show like we always do with a joke of the week from the legendary joke teller, Jackie the Joke Man Marlin. Hi, I'm Jackie Martling here for Small Bites. What food makes a woman lose her sex drive? Wedding cake. (laughs) You know, marriage is kind of like going to a restaurant with your friend and you order what you want, and after he gets his, you want what he's got. (laughs) Jokes every day. Follow me on Twitter, at Jackie Martling. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.